0: From a distance, he ran toward him and fell at his feet. This man knew that Jesus had power. He said, you didn't come to torture me, did you? I've been whooping up on other folks. Now you ain't coming to whoop up on me, are you? Jesus did not come to torture him. He came to turn him around. He never comes to torture us. We can run to him no matter what our issues are. He's not gonna torture you. He's gonna turn you around. This is Jerry G. Martin and welcome to our broadcast today as we bring you this message on how Jesus stopped what he was doing to free a man that was oppressed by demonic forces. Jesus is still in the freedom business. Come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Jesus was well aware of his mission. Immediately after his own baptism and his testing by the devil in the wilderness, he got to work doing what he was sent to do And he has not stopped. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus spoke these words The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The first thing we recognize is that the Spirit of the Lord was on him, and he was anointed, he was empowered to do the things that he was about to do. He preached good news to the poor. How many of us could use some good news? We talked about that, and we're not just talking about poor financially, but those who are poor in spirit. I said that you can have a whole lot of material things but you can be broken and poor in your spirit and can't find your way. He proclaimed freedom for the prisoners, those who were held captives by habits and strongholds and things that just keep you bound where you can't be free to do what God wants you to do. He also produced sight for the blind. There are those who are spiritually blind. They can't see the way to walk in the light. We talked about that last time. Today, we're going to see his desire and activity to release the oppressed. That is one of the five things that he's doing in this passage. He says, I've come and I've been anointed. The power of God is upon me to release the oppressed, and there are people who are still oppressed. That phrase, to release the oppressed, is used in the NIV version. The Message Bible uses this phrase, it says, to set the burden and battered free. The burden and the battered, people who've gone through storms in their life and they're still trying to hold on. The Amplified Version says this, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, or broken down by calamity. And then in the MEV, the Martin Expanded Version, it means to be beaten down by the devil. There are millions of people who are oppressed right now and can benefit from the power of the Holy Spirit to release them from their oppression. There are people who are listening to me now who are oppressed. I want you to know this before we go any further. Jesus has the power to set you free from everything that oppresses you. Make a note of that. The book of Acts chapter 10 talked about Jesus and his ministry and this is what he said. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth anointed by God with the Holy Spirit ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. So let's look at how this plays out in the life of a man that Jesus met. He met a man, a person, someone who is not too different from us. And, and we're going to go through this story in the book of Mark chapter 1. It's a lengthy story, but I want to get right to it to show you how Jesus Christ affected the life of this man and changed his life forever. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes when Jesus got out of the boat. And I want to stop there for a second. Jesus got out of the boat to make himself accessible. And I want you to know that he has come to where you are and has made himself accessible to you today. He didn't have to get out of the boat where he got out of the boat at. He could have kept on down the shoreline and got out somewhere else. But we're going to see how he got out on purpose to meet this man. Let's go a little further. A man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. This man lived in the tombs. Now notice he's called a man and he's called this man. And if you've been here for a while, you know when I'm reading a story, I'd like to try to go a little bit deeper than just the surface level. And I was thinking about this. I said, well, who is this man? Who is this man? He's a man who shall remain nameless. We know that he's possessed by evil spirits, and we know that he's living in the tombs. If If he was here today, he's living in the graveyard. But what was his life like before he ended up living in the tombs? Think about that. Who is he? What was his life like before he was possessed by evil spirits? He wasn't possessed by evil spirits when he was born. What happened? How did they get a hold of his life? And how did he end up living in the tombs? I'm thinking about him. What kind of guy was he? Was he married? Did he have children? What did he do for a living? Did he go to church before he ended up in the tombs? Did he attend Sunday school? Was he in the choir? Did he know anything about God? How did he end up there? He was a man. He's no different than we are. When we have hurts and pains, and when others disappoint us or we have loss, maybe we've been abused or abandoned and have failures and embarrassment, that can cause us to retreat to the tombs. And some people are there right now. We're going around like zombies. We're living, but we're just going through the motion. We just go out because we have to go out. We interact because we have to interact, but if the truth be known, we always retreat back into the tombs so we don't have to fool with nobody. You know, sometimes I'm driving along, and you've done this too. I I see a homeless person or someone sleeping on the sidewalk downtown, and I wondered, how did he get here? What was his life like before he ended up where he ended up? And Sometimes we hear stories and they'll say, you know, I was educated. I had a degree, had a good job, had a family. But things start happening and I couldn't deal with it. And things begin to cycle out of control and now I've ended up here. You know, it could have been you. Could have been me. Jesus got out of the boat so he can meet this man. This man had some issues. So what do we know about this man? I talked about what we don't know. We don't know how he got there. We don't know what his family was like. We don't know what happened in his life. We don't know how he got possessed with these evil spirits. But this is what we do know. We do know that he was possessed because the Bible said the man with evil spirits came. We also know that he lived in the tombs. The tombs was a lonely place. The tombs was an isolated place. The tombs was a place where the dead are buried. The tombs are a place where hopes are buried and dreams are buried, where some people's futures are buried. We also are told that he made himself at home in the tombs. He dwelled there. That was his dwelling place. He, he was there so long he got comfortable with his surroundings in the tombs. And you can see a person, if you were living in the cemetery, the first night you're there, you're kind of shaky and scared. But the longer you stay there, you get familiar with the people who are buried there. You start reading their tombstones and say, how you doing, George? You begin to know the folk. You know when they were born and you know when they died. And and now they're there with you and you've made yourself at home among the dead. Then the next thing we find out is that he was out of control. The Bible tells us in the next verse, and no one could bind him anymore. They said, not even with a chain. Verse 4 says, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the iron on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Why would anybody want to bind this man who's living in the tombs, isolated and alone? Well, he didn't only just live in the tombs. People had to walk by and near the tombs, and he would come out and intimidate and threaten and attack them. Just because you're in the tomb doesn't mean that others around you are not affected. You might think that you're here and you're just on your own and you ain't bothering nobody, but others are bothered by your condition because you got to interact with folk. This man was in torment. He would scream day and night, hollering out loud. And if you live not too far from the tombs, you could hear him in the middle of the night just screaming and hollering. It was a cry for help when there was nobody around to help. It was a cry for attention. It was a cry for resolution, but nobody had the resolution to his issues. He was crying. He would cut himself with stone. That's self-destruction. I don't care. I just, I just, I don't care about myself. He just cut himself. You know, people are still cutting themselves. You see it in the news, youngsters. They're cutting themselves Uh, that's one of the things that demons will have you do. Whenever I see somebody cutting themselves, I think about this man. People are still demon-possessed and the evil spirits are still controlling and operating in the lives of people. But verse six says this, and when he saw Jesus from a distance, I got that underlined, when he saw Jesus from a distance, come on, say he saw Jesus, He ran and fell on his feet in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. He didn't whisper. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirits. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name is legion. He replied, for we are many. Now, I want to just point out to something. The the man was talking physically, but the evil spirits were speaking through him. Jesus knew what he was dealing with when he met this man. And the evil spirits knew what they were dealing with when the man ran to Jesus. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran toward him and fell at his feet. This man knew that Jesus had power. He said, now, you didn't come to torture me, did you? I've been whooping up on other folks. Now, you ain't coming to whoop up on me, are you? Jesus did not come to torture him. He came to turn him around. He never comes to torture us. We can run to him no matter what our issues are. He's not going to torture you. He's going to turn you around. He was already tortured by the demons that controlled his life. He didn't need any other torture. Jesus came to release him from his oppression. Now, when Jesus asked the man, what's his name? The man said, legions. Now, that's a strange name. The enemy, the demonic forces were talking and he said legions. Jesus knew what that meant. A legion was a military squad of the Roman army. And a legion had 5,000 men in it. He said, call me legion because there was a lot of us in here. There was not just an evil spirit. There were demons in this man. And he said, it's a lot of us. You can be possessed by more than one demonic force. And you wonder why people are acting crazy sometimes. We never seem to understand that it ain't just crazy sometimes. It's demonic activity. Sometimes when you have the can't help it. I've been trying all I can. I can't seem to get free. Jesus is still working today. And so is the devil. We don't give him any credit, but he's still working. He's working around us. He's working through people. And the closer it comes to the end times, the more he's gonna unleash his activity in the lives of people. And you see people doing crazy stuff and they just killing up folks. Just turn on the news any day. Five family members were killed this morning. Five family members killed yesterday. Somebody went in a nursing home and killing up folks. And then you go to his house, he done killed three or three people. You tell me that the demons forces are not still working? The psychologists and the scientists and the professional people, well, we need to have a conversation about handguns. Uh, it ain't the handguns. It's the one whose hand is on the gun. Yeah. Demonic forces still working in the lives of people. And you can't counsel out the devil. You got to cast him out. Yeah. He'll negotiate with you. You're going to see this right now. He's negotiating that. now. You didn't come here, Jesus, to try to mess with us, did you? We're comfortable in this man. This is a place where we got access. And he begged Jesus in verse 10 again and again, don't send me out of this area. Don't send us out of here. We like this neighborhood. Don't send us out of this area. Well, there's some other folks in the tombs too. This is where we operate. We got access here. Don't send us away from here. Then verse 11 tells us a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus. They're begging him now. See, listen, when Jesus is in the room, he has all power. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Demon spirits know that. Uh, You can say whatever you want to say, but the demons know, listen, if you don't want to get in trouble, just stay away from Jesus. All he got to do is speak the word. They're asking for permission. Please don't destroy us. See, they know what the end is going to be like when they get destroyed and thrown into the pit forever. And every time they see Jesus, they ask him the same question. It ain't time yet, is it? Is it that time? And one occasion they ask him, now, did you come to destroy us before the time? They say, it ain't time yet. It ain't time yet. Then they said, listen, Send us into the pigs then. Jesus said, you don't belong in a person. I come to free people. So I'm not gonna send you to where you can go and affect somebody else. They say, okay, well there's some pigs. Demonic forces need to possess something to function. That's why they possess people, cause outside of people, they can't function. That's why they listen to you and see if you give them an entrance, an entree, an invitation. Through your activity. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. I'm thinking about this. These pigs were minding their own business. And they were doing what pigs do. You know what pigs do? Jesus said, all right, go into the pigs. Now watch the pigs. They heard about 2,000 in number. As soon as those demon forces came in them, those pigs got to moving. They rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. They said, we don't want them either. (laughs) I'm going to throw this in here. It's not in the but you ought to at least have pig sense. (laughs) The pigs say, something didn't happen. I don't feel the same. I don't even feel like a pig no more. And they all ran and drowned themselves instead of being possessed by evil spirits. Those attending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. People that were observing, they just said, man, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, those pigs took off. Now, these were Jews. They weren't supposed to have no pigs. They thought I'd throw that in there. Jesus sent them out of the man and released the man from his oppression. So the town folks are going to come out and they say, well, let's go see what happened, especially those who own the pigs. Look at verse 15. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind I underlined that it made me think about what the old saints used to say I thank the Lord cause I'm closed and in my right mind in my church they used to say closed like the opposite of open I'm closed and in my right mind I'm like I didn't know what they were saying until I read the King James Version and said they were clothed I said oh I'm trying to close my mind let me close my mind too so he was dressed and in his right mind when this man was set free he was no longer running he was no longer screaming in the tomb. He wasn't throwing tantrums anymore. He wasn't agitated anymore. He didn't have an anger management problem anymore. He didn't fly off the handle anymore. He wasn't aggressive anymore. He wasn't abuser anymore. He wasn't violent anymore. He was dressed and in his right mind. How many people are oppressed today, even listening to this message now? where you have a dark cloud over your head or you feel like you have just become isolated. You're living life alone without any support and you feel like you just can't make it. Jesus Christ came to set the oppressed free. We believe God at the light of the world Christian fellowship that whatever Jesus said he came to do then, he's doing it now. And God has been moving. He's been bringing sight to the blind, those who can't see their way clear. He's been releasing the oppressed, those who have habits and addictions and strongholds in their lives. He's releasing those who are oppressed by demonic forces and depression and oppression. And we are excited about what God's doing. And my friend, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's been going on in your life that's been holding you back. But I want you to know the Lord is able to set you free so you can be what he wants you to be. Why don't you come and join us this Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. We're at 16161 Old Umber Road. Again, that's 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday. Now, let me take a moment to let you know about the Beacon Bookstore. Several bookstores have been closed all over the city, but the Beacon Bookstore is open on our campus. If you're looking for Bibles, Sunday school material, communion supplies, offering envelopes, and church supplies, call us at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885, The Beacon Bookstore. Now for the light of the world, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.